The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Everyone, welcome. We're here. The penultimate episode of Florida State's 40 Most Important Players for the 2023 season. I'm here, Trey Roland. Kevin's there. Nice wall of hats looking real good, real stylish, real fly. Adam's there icing down his ball bag with a bag of frozen peas. My man just got vasectomized, but there are no days off. We are here to bring you the second to last video of the list if it kills us. Adam, how you doing, brother? Oh, my voice is a little bit squeakier now. (laughs) No, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're hanging in there. You still got that bass, man. Nothing ever affects those golden pipes. Kev, how you doing, brother, man? I'm, I'm doing well. Looking forward to the episode. Fantastic. As am I. I think this is really, and when you get to one through five, there was a lot of consensus. I think this is really the last like kind of like pod of players. We're doing 10 through six here um, where there was some interesting variation. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Once again, going through the exercise, the roster so much better. The guys that we're going to be talking about are com- complete game changers, playmakers, guys that are really going to have an outcome on the game. And it's still the back half of the top 10, man. I cannot wait. Do you guys just want to get into the list right now? Anything that you want to say beforehand? I'm just, I'm raring. I'm ready to go. No, let's get the people what they want. <laughs> I love the people. Love the people. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Bring up the first one, Kevin. Number 10, Jaheim Bell, the tight end transfer from South Carolina. Kevin, you had him at nine. Brendan had him at 11. Adam had him at 12. Zach had him at 12. I had him at 18th. Chris had him at ninth. Dane had him fifth. Adam, what do you think? How do you think Bell is going to be used? We saw him in the backfield of South Carolina. We saw him lined up wide. We saw him lined up on the line of scrimmage. I mean, what what makes him so dangerous in this offense to you, Adam? He's just multi-purpose. He can do anything. He, he, he can play tight end like a receiver. But he can block. I mean, he's got he's got some physicality to him. He's still improving as a blocker, and I think that that's a focus that he knows he needed to come in and work on to, to up his stock for the NFL uh, for for his NFL draft stock. But he's just dynamic. I mean, he's a guy like you said. South Carolina used him all over the place. I expect Florida State to use him all over the place. I there was a major question mark when Micah Pittman left about what's going to happen at the slot wide wide receiver position. Well, I think we're looking at him. Uh, I think he's going to play a big role in that spot, along with being a three back and a and a wide tight end. And he just is so versatile. I ranked him at twelve just because there's so many other good players that are right. that I feel like are up there. It's not a slight to him. He 
he easily could fit in the top top 10 anywhere. Um, it's fitting that he's at 10th on this list. If he was a better blocker, he would have been maybe in my top three just because Ooh. of how, how good he – how versatile he is. But the blocking is an area where he's coming along. I'm shocked Dane, Dra- Dane Draper ranked him at five because Dane was really low on him when they did their spring transfer list. <laughs> I'm curious why Kev had him in the top ten, though. Kev, tell us why. I'm curious, too. I mean, I, I think you nailed it. I think what was kind of interesting is in the spring, you almost exclusive – in the spring game, so what was what was public, you exclusively saw him kind of in that, like, inline tight end or kind of, you know, traditional tight end role, sometimes as an H-back or a wing. Um, but you're right. I think he's going to be – all over the field, I think you'll see him play outside receiver. I think you'll see him play tight end. I think you'll see him play running back. They're going to use him like Antonio Gibson. And I think I think there's going to be games where he's kind of quiet, and there's going to be games where he goes off for 150, 200 yards, um, just depending on the kind of looks that Norvell's giving and are given. And so, I don't know. I personally think he, he kind of – is the epitome of a Mike Norvell offense. He is the guy that is a matchup nightmare, right? He's the guy that um, you can kind of place wherever. And I, I, I think that Norvell really values that. Um, we kind of talked, when we talked to him last week, um, Norvell's all about multiplicity. He, mm-hmm. he said it so many times. I want to be multiple. How do you become multiple? Well, you have players that are multiple that can do multiple things. And I think that player, I think... Nobody embodies that better than Jaheim Bell. I think that's fair. And since I'm like the low man on the totem pole, I think I'm, I'd have to look who I had one through 17 again. I might have cranked up my rating a little bit higher on, the, on him just because of the talent and, w- and what we said after talking about him having a such a multifaceted player in an offense where everything is matchup dependent, right? Norvell said, if you guys watched our, our, our film review with him, if you haven't, I highly recommend you do so. Mm-hmm. Get our best guys on their less guys. It's all about matchups with him. Yeah. The reason I did it, because my, my whole um, ranking, like the way that I went about it, I went a combination of talent, uh, positional importance, and then how screwed would FSU be if this guy got hurt? <laughs> and that that's probably the one where it made me pull back on Jaheim Bell a little bit, because I've seen Mike Norvell get production out of this offense with, like no offense, guys like Preston Daniel. Like Mike yeah. is good at scheming. And so if Bell went down, it would suck. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would be anywhere near as – devastating if like a bless Harris went down a Keon Coleman went down a Jordan Travis went down guys that I all ranked ahead of him now the the variety of skills and the talent and things like that and we've only scratched the surface of how Jaheim Bell is going to be used I, I kind of I should have cranked I should have dialed up his rating a little bit more but I just I don't know I don't know I'm kind of interested you guys have swayed me a little bit I might be underrating him a little bit because there's so many so many possibilities to have to have Jaheim on your team. So I, I I'm excited. Where do you think Adam, where do you think most of the year he's going to line up at though? I, I don't think there's going to be a position. I don't think you can label it. Um, if I had to, I would probably guess that he's going to line up as like that three back. Okay. The, the offset wing that they, that they like to have. Um, but if he lined up lines up in some pony packages in the backfield with a, with a bulk with a running back, that's not going to shock me. Mm-mm. He lines up out at slot or out wide or on the ball. Um, we know they like that nasty, um, that nasty little nub X on the backside of some of their trip stuff. Like, 
I just think they're, they're going to put him all over the place. They're going to find matchups and players that they feel like he can match up against, and they're going to, they're just going to try to exploit that. So I think yeah. he's going to line up everywhere. Watch that, watch that film review we did with coach and watch some of the stuff that we did from the Memphis Cincinnati game. Some of mm-hmm. those formations that they had on those scoring drives, Bell's going to slot in real nice. Okay, let's get to number nine. Who do we have at number nine on the list, guys? Well, we've got Trey Benson at number eight. Patrick Payton at number nine. Ooh, Kev, you're going to have to defend yourself. Kevin had him at 20. Brendan had him at 12. Adam had him at 10th. Zach, 10th. I had him eight. Chris, 11. Dane, four. Way high. You, You guys, dude. I, I really need to get you guys back on one of these ranking episodes because I feel like you and Dane are always <laughs> diametrically opposed, Kevin, which is just very funny. Um, myself, I had him second highest behind Dane. To me, it's the pass rush ability, that innate ability that he's always had, that bend, that variety of moves, that like almost like running back level of elusive, elusiveness or like a wide receiver that runs like a really nice route, he's able to get separation from offensive tackles when he hasn't had prototypical like size. He's always right. been a little like underweight, and he's still, I mean, ACC rookie of the year. He's effective. I project that to, to him to be even more talented this year with more of a variety of moves, more weight put on. He is going to be a nightmare with Jared Verse on the other side, and I think you're going to feel his impact immediately. Adam. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. The reason I didn't have him a little bit higher, I ranked him a 10th because of his ability to impact the quarterback. And that's, that's really what sold me. You know, that I, I went after those types of things, guys that protect the quarterback are the quarterback catch touchdowns or are going to impact the quarterback defensively. Um, so that's why he got to 10 for me. Would it shock me if like he wasn't the quote unquote number two starter at defensive end, like opposite of Jared verse. I don't think it would shock me if you saw maybe a Braden Fisk or a Daniel Lyons or a Dennis Briggs or somebody else starting opposite of Jared versus in some of these games. But Pat Payton's going to put up double digit sacks in my opinion this year. Um, I think he's, he's going to have a good year. I think he's, they're going to play in in games where they've got big leads and teams are going to be trying to throw the football and he's going to just turn it loose and get after the quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he burst on the scene last year and I'll expect him to continue to do so. Yeah. I, I'm really curious why Kevin thought 20, uh, yeah, go ahead. Based on the, based on his progression and kind of where, you know, where he's, where his trajectory as a player and the skill set that he has and the, the relative lack of depth in that room compared to the rest of the team. I, yeah. I figured that makes him even more important. So Kev, explain yourself. I'm appalled. Yeah, I, I think he ended up I to be honest, I think he ended up getting pushed back a little bit because he was a little bit of a known factor. I think I think you kind of know what you're gonna get out of him. I think he's still got some weak part of his game that you might have recruited over, like what A B was saying with Braden Fisk. I think he might be a true first de- first and second down kind of defensive end for you, especially against teams that might want to run the football. Um I think Patrick Payton still is a, is a little bit soft towards the run. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that rotation looks. Um, if they just use him as a passing down guy, or if, if he's in every down, every down defensive end for you coming into the fall. Um, 
yeah, 20s 20s probably a, a little bit low on him. I, I I really just agree with what what AB was saying was that I think he's going to be one of the better pass rushers in the ACC. I think that's got a lot of importance, but I do think that there's there's some serious things that he needs to work on in order to be a a complete defensive end this year. Do you think that he will have worked on those things sufficiently, or do you kind of see his ceiling is maxed out? Like, do you do you think he can be a complete defensive end eventually, Kevin? I do. I I, I was really mm-hmm. I was really optimistic just based on the level of impact and progress he had. I didn't expect him to be that big of a factor last year at all. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he definitely will be. Um, he was a guy that came in undersized. Last year, between his freshman year and sophomore year, you see him put on weight, but a lot of it's a lot of it's that kind of new weight, you know, mm-hmm. like just yeah. kind of fresh weight. And then this year, you're starting to see him refine that weight and define it. Um, and so, I think that's his main drawback as a as a run defender. I think he can be a little bit floaty. He can be a little bit high. Um, I think that. If you get a little bit of strength, he's able to kind of refine that. He he can move on to be a complete player on on the outside. And um, honestly, I think it's less that I thought low of Patrick Payton and other players just ended up popping up before him when it came to kind of importance. But yeah, I, I think he should honestly be higher than twenty. So I'm glad that I'm glad that Dane kind of even equalized it a little bit because <laughs> I I don't think he's four, but I I don't think he's twenty either. It's honestly hard too. By the time you got to like twenty, that kind of happened with me a little bit. I mean, spoiler with Jaheim Bell, I got to eighteenth and I was like, "Oh crap, dude! I haven't put Jaheim Bell on the list yet." I was like, "And I'm not going to go back and reorganize the other 17. Yeah. So, but however, it's funny. It's a rankings thing. It's a consequence of like there are some really talented dudes on this roster. I just think Adam, Adam, before we move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. That innate ability, at least that I see, that's always catch my eye. That's sort of the elusiveness, just the way that he's able to evade the block. And it, it, as a trench guy, as, an, as, a, as a line coach, is that a pretty rare trait for a guy to have just coming out right from the jump? I don't think it's a rare trait. It's just, it's a special trait. It's something that separates him from the average player. And a lot of it is just the leverage he's able to play with. I mean, he... He's got some long behind arms, and those make a difference when you're able to keep those offensive tackles off of you. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the quickness and the explosiveness and balance to be able to do something with it. So he wins with his length, and then he beats you again with his speed. It's He's got a nice combination of, of gifts there as a pass rusher. And, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, we see a lot of guys be able to do that. His game's continuing to progress. He's on the upward trend. Um, he's on a nice trajectory as, as a defensive end. I'm curious to see how strong he can get, what kind of weight he can put on. Um, I do agree with Kev. He, he's got to get a little bit better at, at holding up and anchoring against the run game. That's what kind of separates him from being good to great. Um, yeah. But we'll see if that, we'll see if he gets there. Do you think he's going to be an all ACC defensive end this year? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. If the sack totals are there. And again, I think they're going to be a lot of games where he, they're going to be able to pin his ear back and send him after the quarterback. That, that makes a difference in those kinds of things, especially with the guys lining up in the mid, like right, right. next to yeah. two on the interior. You know, right? Do you think he's a guy that could potentially show up enough that he's not on the twenty twenty four roster? 
Ooh. I think the I think the opportunity presents itself. I, I, don't, I, I don't. I think that that's a reach right now. Yeah, I think there's an outside shot of that just because the sack totals. That's always the yeah. eye popping stuff. That's what mm-hmm. those. That's what those pro teams are always looking for. Guys that can affect the quarterback, even if. It, it, even if you're so hyper good at that and you have other things to develop on, they don't care. They'll right. take the plus on the pass rushing and they figure they can teach you the rest, or you can just be a pass rushing specialist and wreak havoc. And that's great too. That'll right. get your roster spot. Yeah. I, the, the one thing I want to see develop is that p- the power aspect of Jared versus game that really surprised mm-hmm. me. I want to see if that's something that Florida state is developing with John Papuchis and Odell Higgins and all those guys. Is that something that Jared verse just had that maybe didn't stand out on film at Albany? Or is that something that no, when you come to Florida state, you come with your pass set moves and your length and your speed, we're going to give you some power as well. Yeah. So that would be a yeah. you know credit to Josh storms, John Papuchis. If indeed it does happen this year, that's something that I'm keeping my eye on. Speaking of somebody that always has eyes on them, let's get to the Ocho spot. Let's get to uh, let's get to running back Trey Benson. Great first name, Kevin <laughs> Little, nineteen again. Just this is, see, this is the, the there was some really fun variation. Nineteenth for Kevin, <laughs> six for Brendan, sixteenth for Adam. You two guys, simpatico. <laughs> Zach at fifth, I had him at ninth. Chris at fourth, Dane at twelfth. Now, listen, I know that I said as far as like my ranking, it was all about talent, positional importance. If you got hurt, would you be screwed? Caveat, my positional importance is like positional importance to a Mike Norvell football team with how much emphasis Mike puts on the running back. And I think and I'm interested to see what you have to say, Kevin, because this feels to me like it. I feel the argument's going to be the talent of Trey Benson versus the effectiveness of the Mike Norvell system. Is it a system where you could put like any like Joe blow jabroni and he could get 1100 yards a year with the way that Mike has all his stuff dialed up or is Trey Benson something really special, even in the system that has been a running back factory over the past five or six years. I mean, Kev, why'd you have it 19th? Um, I, so if you're Norvell and you want a quote unquote multiple offense, I think you need some guys that are multiple and you need some guys that are, you know, very have a very specific skill set. Um, I think Trey is a good all around running back. I mean, me and AB were, I, all three of us were, were really high on him coming in when no one mm-hmm. else was. Yes. Um, that take pissed everybody off it really yeah. did i remember those days people forget about those days we do not and we would do we were like just optimistic like hey there's some stuff that pops on film let's see how it plays and that mm-hmm. put us on like the sunshine pumping way into the spectrum <laughs> but i i do think he's a little bit of a i think he's a little bit of a, a one-trick pony in the sense i think he's a hard mm. running running back that that takes a few steps to get going. I think he sees the field pretty well. I, I think he's truly special at what he does. Um, but I also think that we saw it last year. There were some games where he's going to be really quiet and you're going to need someone like Rodney Hill to step up, just like you had Trayshawn Ward had to step up at times. And there's going to be some games where he just goes off. And once he gets that second level, things are different. I just think he's the kind of player that against a team like LSU or Clemson or someone else, it's harder to get him going because I'm. You just don't necessarily know if your offensive line is going to be 
on. Um, yeah. Adam, what do you think? It, it, Staff it, thinks he's really special. I think he's really stinking good. He disappears too much for me. Uh, teams that get penetration, kind of, they tend to take him away. Um, he was really – I mean, he was elite at breaking tackles last year, and that's the thing that Brendan, Brendan would point to if he was here. He would give you his broken tackle stats, and they were incredible. Um, Best in the country, right? Forced yeah, tackle yeah, rate yeah, or something yeah, like that, the, right? He was number he was number one in the country at forced broken breaking tackle rate or whatever. Um, I just still feel like you can take him away with penetration, as opposed to a truly elite back like a Dalvin. Nothing could take him away. Um, so, why I didn't rank him higher? And then ultimately, I, I think you got a really good running back in, in Rodney Hill too, um, and a CJ Campbell and a Lawrence Tolfili who I got killed for for not having ranked uh, i just you have a lot of guys in that room that i think are really good it just felt like a reach for me to bump him into the top 10 even though admittedly i'm really high on him as a football player when i'm ranking like impact and stuff like that like taking everything into account i just think you've got a lot of running backs that can make a big impact and ultimately, I'm going to go with some of the linemen, some of the defensive linemen, pass rushers, quarterback, wide receivers, who I think are just going to have a little bit bigger impact ahead of him. Is I mean, if, ca- I, was, if I was making a Madden or an NCAA roster and I was giving them a pure overall ranking, yeah, a number like five or six makes perfect sense. I think he is probably the fourth, fifth, sixth most talented player per position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just his position is worth less and there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Does the is, is there a system? Is there kind of a, a Mike Norvell system like efficiency downgrade that's happened to him like used to happen to Mike Leach's quarterbacks back in the day? Like, hey, you can plug anybody <laughs> at Texas Tech, they'll throw for five fifty a game. Is that kind of the same thing with Mike Norvell's running backs a little bit? I, you say no, but it, you sounded like you kind of made that argument without making that argument when you were I didn't do that. I didn't that's no, that's not my opinion. Um I just think that this running game's really good. Mm-hmm. They, they understand how to get it going. They understand how to operate it. They have a system, yeah, and they can, to get it yeah, going. And they can, and they can put guys in. They can put guys in there that will do really well at it. Yeah, that's sure. exactly what I say. <laughs> okay, whatever. You don't want to be late. Okay, I understand. Um, do you think? Do you guys think that Benson's the best running back on the team? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think if Treshawn Ward was still on the team, that Benson would still be the best running back? Yes. This year, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. This one, I, I wanted they're to different. say that. They are. Mm-hmm. They're 100% different. And I think, too, uh, do we expect Benson to be better la- this year than he was last year? Yes. Really? Kevin? I, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I do. I do as well. Yeah. I hesitate to see where he's going to improve. Well, I thought he was hesitant last year at times. At, at the, the beginning, beginning of the season, definitely at the beginning. Time. Yeah. yeah. And then I would say, too, like, Developing into more of a pass catching threat, that kind of stuff, I think is an area where he can take a step forward. He was involved in screen game and stuff like that, but I think as a true pass catcher out of the backfield is an area where he can take another step forward, and we might see some of that. Um, yeah, did he run a single wheel last year? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I also think he's got to develop some patience. Like he's a he was a track runner last year, like got on his track and went, never never deviated from that. So. We're going to see if he can be more than that this year. And I mean, I think that there's probably some of that that they're developing with him. I still think you need a compliment with him, though, like Kev was kind of saying. I, I think you need to have 
something else along with him. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I expect him to be better. I think another year under David Johnson's tutelage, he has done a really good job developing running backs. Another year with Mike, another year in his system, another year further removed from that devastating injury mm-hmm. with the confidence that he accrued last year. Cause we, we noticed it in the spring game, even against, I think like Duquesne beginning of the year, it was hesitation. Yeah. I mean, you could almost see the fog lift right now. Yeah. He's still a momentum runner and things like that, but I expect him to have a, a monster year. Let's get to number seven, lucky number seven. And this kid, uh, it's tough to say, but this player we're going to talk about at seven for whatever reason, man, he might be my favorite player on the entire football mm-hmm. team. I love the way that he plays. I feel, I don't feel like he's getting the respect he deserves. I'm an idiot. I feel like I should have ranked him higher. Um, this is Renardo green. Kevin had him at 11. Brendan had him at eight. Adam 14th, Zach 8, I had him 11th, Dane 6, Chris 13th. I love the way he played. I thought he was be- FSU's best corner um, easily. With Jamie, I'll even say with Jamie Robinson, I thought that he was FSU's best defensive back last year. I would still give that title to Renardo Green. I love the way he played physically. I love the way that he played through the hands. I thought he had great technique. And I think that he's, even with the addition of the second or first highest rated transfer portal prospect in Fentrell Cypress from Virginia. I think that he's FSU's best defensive, like defender in the backfield. Still, I still think he's got the crown. What do you guys think, Adam? What about Ronaldo's game? Do you like, what could he improve upon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This is, this is one that I regretted after I turned it in. I wish I would have flip flopped him in Fentrell Cypress. Cause I have Fentrell at, like 14 or, or like eight, seven eight, or eight. Okay. Okay. eight. Yeah. Eight. The, basically I had the two of them ranked like where they ended up ranked. Cause I do, I, I tend to agree. I think Renardo Green's a better corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, when I, when doing this ranking, I was bought, probably buying some of the, the hype of Ventral Cypress and just. He'll be good though. Were, He'll they be were good. really, yeah. well, they were really aggressive to go get him. So clearly they want him to make a big impact on this roster and on his team. So I think I let some of that kind of sway me. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I think Renardo Green's the best corner on this roster. I mean, I, I don't think he's the best corner in the country, but he's got the speed. He's got the physicality. I think he understands the game of football really well. Um, he's a little bit of a throwback, I think. Real physical football player. Yes. You, know, you see a lot of these guys today mirror, you know. Technicians, more technicians. Yeah. He's more of like a he's. I don't want to say gritty because it's overused, yeah. but man, he'll 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 jam he'll jam the crap out of you right in the chest. Yeah. He's in your face the whole time. He's re- just a really physical football football player. Gritty, I think, is a good term for him. I mean, he's a guy that you could put back at safety. I'm glad that they're not. I mean, I know there was some some fan talk about that through the offseason when everybody was up in arms about what was going to happen at the safety position. I'm glad they gave this kid a home at corner. He sees the opportunity and they kept him there. Um, I think he's got NFL upside. Uh, we'll see how he runs, yeah. but yeah, I think of your secondary, this is the player that probably is going to make the biggest impact. I, I think so too, Kev. Does he have like lockdown, like shut down half the field type of corner potential, or is there a, a ceiling that you can see with Mister Green? So I, here's the thing that I I want to take into consideration that that I think needs to get talked about. Um, mm. Fentrell Cypress is more of that finesse corner that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not as heavy handed. He's not as physical as Renardo Green. 
And most of most of what we got to see from the two of them in the spring was, you know, one on ones, vanilla stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, stuff that would of... b- that benefits Renardo's skill set. But but who is going against them? Hmm. Who Elaborate. who is who are the corners going against? They're going against Johnny Wilson. Right. Yeah. They're going against, you know. Darian Williamson. They're going against Kentron Portier. They're going yeah. against Jaheim Bell. What what's in common with all of those wide receivers? No, they're huge. Big they're physical specimens, big physical right? dudes, right? Yeah. yeah. Where the the safeties and stuff get to go against the, you know, the the smaller slot guys. So it's the like Winston Wrights and the running backs against like some of the one on ones. Okay, I gotcha. So I think Renardo Green got good matchups for the spring that allowed him to look good because he is a more physical corner. Don't get me wrong. If right now I would still like given a team that's going to run, run a lot of trips with one backside receiver. If that's all I know, I'm probably putting Renardo Green on that guy. But I think that there might be an interesting way they can use those matchups and say like, Hey, their stud receiver, like if you're playing a UNC type team mm-hmm. and their stud receiver is a little speedy slot guy, well, Renardo might not be the guy for that, right? Mm-hmm. You you yeah. might want to you might want to be able to put Fintrell Cypress there. So I, I think apples to apples, Renardo's the better, better corner right now. But I don't know if we got to see Fintrell put in a, be put in a position to, to truly succeed this spring. That's interesting. Do you? I I like that too because once we talked about it all on the offensive side with the running back room, complementary skill sets. It's funny that we kind of have complementary skill sets with the perceived starting cornerbacks. Do you guys have when day one against LSU on the outside? Do you think it's Renardo and Fentrell, or do you think it's a different combination? That would. That's my two. That's your two. Yeah. Okay. I, I tend to agree that way as well, even though there was Fentrell once again, I, I don't think that he locked up that job at all. And by some accounts, there were some early like spring struggles. I think that that's just integration into mm-hmm. a new system. And my projection is that I think he's going to be, he's going to be your number two corner as well, especially yeah. kind of given the way what you said, Kev, I don't think anybody's articulated it that way. Just how those two guys play together. The, the, they're able to do different stuff. I mean, in some sense, do the starting outside guys even matter because they're going to have so many DBs on the field at all times anyway? Like that, that nickel roll is almost just important as you're starting outside guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. People get kind of lost in the sauce on that. But one thing that we are not lost in, I love, I just love, I, uh, I, I'm a violence guy and I just, I like the way Renardo Green, he's like me. Give me dude. the number he's six. Get all right, number six okay. try. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I vamped long enough. Get to number six. And this is going to be fun. I can't wait to see the variation because this is a gentleman who won my heart in the spring game, <laughs> watching him shut down Florida State's really, really good defensive ends. And that is the Lamar transfer offensive tackle, bless Harris. Oh, this is great. Look at the green and look at the red. Um, it's it's dude, it's the X's and Knolls guys just doing yeah. a predator. We're doing a predator meme, like very manly handshake on that. Um, Kevin, you had him at fourth. Adam had him at third. I had him at seven. The rest of the guys, Sinone 13th, Zach 16th, Chris 15th, Dane 11th. I'm just gonna say why we have all of our guys like 
listed like this. I expect him to be one of the starting tackles. And I think I expect him to be the starting left tackle. I expect Adam him to Potts. be the best offensive lineman on the team. Kevin, that, that's planting my flag. Is he the is he your highest rated offensive lineman as well, Kev? Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Tell the people, Adam, you go first. This is your this is your floor. Pretend this is a little digital soapbox. Yeah. Tell all the people that might be horrified why we are jettisoning some more proven guys for a dude that just came from Lamar, had a good spring game, and didn't play a snap last year, really. Why is he the best offensive lineman on the team? Everybody's, oh, he's been hurt. Oh, I mean, come on. Everybody gets hurt in football. Remember when Jordan Travis was injury prone, and then last year he didn't. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah, that's why I have Jordan as 15th best player. I just don't play. I just don't pay any attention to that stuff. In my opinion, he's the most. I mean, outside of Lucas Simmons, like he's the most prototype tackle they've got on this roster with the with the height, length, foot speed, athleticism, like agility, all those things. Not to pull a Chris Knee, but he he checks all the boxes for that position. Um, he's the first player that I've seen, and it's interesting that the the four guys now Kev was at most of the practices, but the four guys that are at practices every day all rank him a little bit lower, even though they all agreed that he was probably the best lineman on this team by the end of spring. Um, so that's curious to me. But for me, he, he's the most prototype tackle that they have outside of Lucas Simmons. He does every, he does everything that they need him to do. And I haven't seen a player lock up Jared Verse the way he did in that spring game. We did a video on that on the X's and O's oh, channel. Yeah. I, I would offer that you go back and watch that and watch his game. Um, he's got to prove he's healthy. He needed to, uh, to add some upper body strength that looked like he did that um, to, just to improve as a run blocker. That wasn't a strength for him early last year. But if he, if he added the upper body mass and strength that he needed to, I don't see any reason why he's not capable of being an improved run blocker. He's got all the tools to be a good pass blocker. I expect him to be and – it's an offensive line position. I've got to rank him that high. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> he's, your, he's your guy. In, in the yeah, he is my guy. Like, he's been my guy too. He has been your guy. You, th- there's no, there's no bandwagon like uh, discussion there. Like Adam <laughs> is the blessed guy. Yeah. Um, he was so hard to get around of for our defensive ends and pass mm-hmm. protection. I do think he needs to improve in the run game. Yep. I think it's serviceable enough to where I still, I, I think he's going to be the best offensive lineman too. I don't know if I have him as my highest ranked one. I think I rated Byers higher than him just cause I think, I think Byers is more talented, more athletic, but <laughs> I, it was honestly split in hairs yeah. as far as who is I had the best offensive lineman. It still could be blessed, man. I expect i I think he's I think he's locked up one of your tackle spots just because of how solid he is in pass protection. Uh, Kev, what did you see? I mean, you had him right behind Adam at fourth. What, what about blessed stood out to you? I mean, and you saw him at practice too. Is it something to where on maybe some of the one on one drills that like emphasize like run blocking stuff? Was that not his forte? Why do you think that the other guys besides yourself that were there every day at practice are a little bit lower on him than we are? Yeah, I think I think we just had the advantage of going back through the film of the spring game and really watching them. And practice mm-hmm. is kind of hard to categorize snap by snap. I mean, you see you see him take a rep and then 5 minutes later he takes another rep and 
Yeah, Bless is an interesting one because, I mean, he's from Lamar. He wasn't necessarily a high, highly touted prospect. The PFF nope. run grades of him out of the one game against Duquesne weren't great. I've, I've, I've went back and watched, and, I mean, I thought he, he played fine. Um, his, like, like AB was saying, his run blocking was, was still not quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think it's mostly that we just watched his film this spring and you don't accidentally block a perfect game against Patrick Payton and Jared verse. Like, right. Uh, maybe, maybe he got lucky a few times, but like he looked good and other guys were struggling. Like th- these are elite pass yeah. rushers. Um, he looked, he was in complete control of that spring game. And that was, that was really impressive to me. So I wonder, is it, does he have, does he have particularly long legs or long arms? Do we know that? Is this? I don't. I I think he does. I, I think he's got. I think he's got good tackle length. He's um, got good feet, right? Is it? What's his biggest strength? Is it that athleticism? It's and his the quickness, quickness and his athleticism. Yeah. yeah, he he's got really good feet. He's really athletic, really quick. I remember talking. Bud and I were talking about him after he visited, um, before committing. And I want to say Bud told me that he yeah yeah his. He checked out pretty good for his for his arm length. So, I mean, that's what you want in an offensive tackle. You want to be able, like we talked about with Pat Payton having those long arms yeah. as an offensive tackle. You want to be able to counter that with long arms of your of your own. So, it, it, it's important if he if he takes the next step as a run blocker and he develops a nasty mean streak there, he's got some upside. I'm with you too, but I've never seen, and it's something that I haven't either. I haven't either. It's it's something that is so hard to teach somebody that is comfortable in that pass protection mm-hmm. position. And he looked in command against Jared Verse, Gilbert yeah. Edmond, Pat Payton. Guys, you know, these are defensive ends that be, sometimes teleport around opposing offensive tackles. Bless just kind of not locked him up nonchalant. And he was just and it wasn't anything that was violent or like super eye popping. It's just over and over. It's like this dude is hard to get around. He's a yep. wall. Yeah. And it's good awareness, too. I think he plays intelligent. I mean, I, I enjoy intelligent offensive line play. He'll, he'll, he'll be happy to let the defensive end use their own momentum to take him out of the play. I yeah. think I remember a couple reps like that, too, in the spring game. Where I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's good awareness mm-hmm. in the playbook. And I don't want to speak for the boys, but I, I think that they all would project him to be a starter. Um, just from having conversations with them. I think they all would project him as a starter for this season. I don't think that they see his upside quite as high as maybe I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a believer, man, and I would I always try to temper like mm-hmm. spring game stuff, right? We we yeah. we made a whole video on how to watch the damn thing, right? Just <laughs> Yeah. Don't take it too high, don't go too crazy. Yeah. But when the rep is against like two ACC defensive player of the year candidates, a couple one surefire first rounder and a guy that could play his way into like a day 2, day 1ish, you know, type of situation in the next year or two and he owns like he he completely controls them yeah. the majority of that contest. I think that that does carry forward, and that's why we have him collectively through the strength of X's and Knowles dragging his body <laughs> to the sixth position. And I think uh, I think it's something I, I feel like we're going to be ultimately vindicated. Yeah. If not, the internet never forgets. No. And you guys don't forget to support us. You watch. Thank you very much. We've got one more episode left. We're going one to five. 
be on the lookout for that. Knowles 24-7 YouTube. Subscribe. Notifications on. X's and Knowles YouTube. Check out that Mike Norvell interview. Uh, slash really more. It was more of a film review than anything, man. It was it was really great. Thanks again for Brandon for setting that up. All the support of the guys is still like, mm-hmm. man, that was good. That was good content. And we can't wait yes. to do more content for you. That's on the X's and Knowles YouTube page. Subscribe. Notifications on. 50% off right now, I think, on the site. If you're not a subscriber to Knowles 24-7, the board is going absolutely psychotic right now. The the recruiting updates are going fast and furious. If you are not a member, Knowles 24-7, subscribe now. It's worth every penny, especially when it's half off. Guys, that was fun. I love you. Anything else you got to say before we head out of here? And Adam can go, uh, you know, just ice his junk a little bit longer. <laughs> No, I think that's it. I'm excited to get to the last few players. Um, yeah, I mean, this has been a good time. I think there's going to be some consensus on one and two. Yeah, this next so. pod is going to be more of a glorification episode and less I kind agree. of like extreme debate. But guess what? That's what happens when uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Guys, we love you. We'll see you soon. Keep chopping. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.